Hey everybody, it's me, Dave Schrader from the Paranormal 60, Ghosts of Devil's Perch, and the Holzer Files. And for some reason, you're tuned in to the Paranomaly Zone. A ghostly apparition in the dark at night. Yes, yes, yes. For some reason, you are indeed tuned into the Paranomaly Zone, your weekly dose of all things, you guessed it, paranormal, strange, and mysterious. And it is that time. It is guest interview time. And man, what a great time we had last night talking with TV and radio personality. You know him from the Travel Channel's Holzer Files, as well as the Ghosts of Devil's Perch, and host of his own highly successful podcast, The Paranormal 60. We're talking about Darkness Dave himself. Yes, Dave Schrader, a well-respected, well-known voice in the paranormal landscape. We had a great time talking all things paranormal with Dave. Dave does not hold back when it comes to sharing his thoughts, opinions, and takes. If you want to check out all of Dave's content, go to Paranormal60.com today. That is Paranormal60.com. But let's cut through all of the BS. You're here to listen to Darkness, Dave Schrader. Well, Dave Schrader, it is an honor again, sir. This is, believe it or not, the second time we've been able to chat, but the first, first time for Mike. Um, I'm not, I'm knocking on any sort of wood around me here and stuff. But the last time you and I got together to chat, Mike, Mike was having a kerfuffle again and wasn't Didn't able make to join it on us. that one. No. Well, and, I'm, uh, I, I'm glad I could be here for both of you this time. We can all hold hands and sing "Kumbaya" oh, and absolutely. talk about the paranormal. And Patrick probably knows the words. No. I, well, <laughs> maybe. Sure. Maybe. We all know the words. Come on. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, it is, it's awesome to talk to you, Dave. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for making time. You know, as okay. you figure it out. It's my pleasure. Uh, Thank, thanks for having me. Oh, no, absolutely. Thank you, sir. Um, and there he goes. <laughs> He's pulling the trick. <laughs> I kid. I kid. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I called it on that one. I said, there he goes. He's pulling our leg. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Usually it's me doing stuff like that, but yep, we're good. <laughs> well, you know, just um, when we were emailing back and forth, and I, I was inquiring mm -hmm. about any potential projects you may have in the works or anything, you know, down the pipe, so to speak. Um, I mean, you're always busy. You're always keeping busy. You always have events to attend. Uh, mm -hmm. Before we you know, forget, I want to talk about some upcoming events you have. You're a Minnesota guy. We're, well, I'm Minnesota guy. Mike's Nodak. Yeah. He's North Dakota all and the I'm way. I'm a <laughs> um, But I do love we, Minnesota, though. Absolutely. Lived there for a few years. All right. I we'll want to hear that, about what cool stuff you have coming up in Minnesota because, quite frankly, Mike and I want to go. So, 
lay it on us. I know you have the Palmer House coming up, and that has been a destination of ours. I mean, a dream destination of ours for a while. Can you talk to us a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah, that's uh, coming up in, in June. Uh, I'm going to be back to the Palmer House with Shane Pittman from the Holzer Files, myself, and uh, Bill Chapel. Bill has created a lot of the different equipment you've seen on Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Paranormal State, on uh, Holzer Files, uh, Destination Fear. He's the, the engineer behind a lot of that stuff. So you get a chance to uh, come ghost hunt with us. We have a medium that's going to be there. We'll be walking you through ghost hunting through mediumship and doing some gallery sessions. So it's going to be a full weekend, a lot of fun, a lot of learning, uh, you know, just overall good times. And the Palmer House never lets lets down. I shouldn't say that because now I'll jinx it. But they always <laughs> seem to have some kind of weird activity taking place there. So we're oh, going to have fun. And it's it. not... Yeah, it's not in the the brutal heat of summer, and it's not in the uh, freezing depths of Minnesota. Last year, we did one called the um, Hell Freezes Over event, and because Shane had always said, man, you couldn't get me to Minnesota, hell would have to freeze (laughs) over, and I got him to come in like January, so I called it the Hell Freezes (laughs) Over, and then that's when we had like that week of negative 65 degrees, so... His his southern his southern ass just could not tolerate uh, the the cold. Uh, and then we did hell in the cell at uh, Joliet State Prison in like August, mm, wow. and it lived up to it. So yeah, uh, hell freezes over lived up to it. Hell in the cell lived up to it. I think it was one hundred nine or one hundred and twelve degrees oh, inside man. Joliet Prison at that time of year because it's one giant you know, pizza baking yeah. brick oven. So yep. it, it was brutal, but we had a great time and lots of paranormal activity. And if you showed up, I was wearing shorts and oh, well, that's worth the yeah. price of admission right there. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> now, what, what is it about the Palmer house that, that sets it apart from any other paranormal locale? I mean, for those who are listening, um, chances mm-hmm. are they may be familiar with it, but in case they aren't, talk to us a little bit about what the, is going on well, the at the Pal- Palmer house. Palmer House is in Sauk Center, Minnesota. It's just a beautiful, old, elegant um, hotel. Now I, I think they call it a boutique hotel, and uh, it's just—it's a really neat little little place. It had an interesting history to it. You had, uh, you know, it was a brothel at one point during the the flu epidemic, not the recent flu epidemic, but the past flu epidemic, they actually used the basement of the Palmer because it was subterranean and cold. That's where they stored bodies. Uh, There was a fire there and some lives were lost. So there's been a lot of of tragedy and history to the place. And it's just, it's really neat. Uh, You know, I went there very skeptical because I'm always skeptical of any place with a gift shop. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but they got to make money. So I understand it. And I went in and it's, it's lived up to the reputation. I think in 17 years of going there, maybe twice, nothing happened and that's it. Oh. So, and I go up there a couple times a year, even when I'm not doing live events, I go up for my daughter's birthdays with a couple of their friends and we go ghost hunt and friends that come in from out of town that want to go ghost hunt. So, you know, I've been there a lot over 17 years and it's always got some fun popping. So we're going to be doing, you know, some lectures on, on ghost hunting, how to ghost hunt technology, just having a good time and then doing some ghost hunts at night. So there are, um, I think just a, a handful of the, the 
two-day tickets that still remain. Uh, and then Joliet State Prison is coming up in May, so you can actually go. Uh, we go back behind bars. I missed it. I should have named it properly because it's it takes place on May 5th. I should have called it Clinko de Mayo because <laughs> we go back behind bars. But it's uh, Shane and myself and medium Kitsy Duncan, uh, and that place lives up to its expectations too. Crazy activity. So uh, just having a lot of fun. And, and if your listeners and followers would like to go with they can go check out darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com and get a chance to investigate with us, see some of these places for themselves. Um, here, I'll even throw that up on the screen for there you about that. Investigate okay. the Paranormal with Dave. And there, at, at that website, you can see all the locations I'm going to be at throughout the year. And I'm going to be all over the United States and around the world, including September. I'm going to be doing a tour in England with a stop off at uh, the, the Festival of the Unexplained Paranormal Conference, the big UK Paranormal Conference. So I've got probably like seven spots left open for that. So if your listeners want to go see a haunted tour of England with myself cool. and, and historian Neil Story and then get to go to a paranormal conference in England, this is going to be great. My Germany and Prague event in July completely sold out. We did Egypt back in uh, February, completely sold out. But there's just so many amazing opportunities to come on out and meet and see me and ghost hunt at some places and tour. So darknessevents.com, that's the best way to find me. Wow. Awesome opportunity. Man, that is an yeah. awesome slate coming up. Holy cow. Yeah. That's impressive. Now, how good of a feeling think, is that? It, like, how fulfilling gonna, is that for you, for you, Dave? I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. How, I'm just curious. How fulfilling of a feeling is that mm -hmm. to be able to travel the world for something that you are passionate about. I mean, that has to just be uh, something great. that is just heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been a dad since I was 20. So the idea of travel, I didn't get to travel much. You know, uh, I spent the better part of 20 years wishing I could travel and then doing the, the podcast and the paranormal radio show, I just started opening up opportunities and I'd get to go and, and I didn't want to be the guy sitting behind the mic talking to others about their experiences. If you told me the Palmer house was hopping and paranormal, I was going to go to the, the Palmer house. Uh, if you told me the Assetti ranch in Trout Lake, Washington had UFO activity on a clear night, you had a 90% chance of seeing something. I went to the Assetti ranch. So I love the fact that it's given me the opportunity to travel and that people around the world want to hear what I have to say and what I want to share and pay me to come out and do these things. So it's a pretty nice little, uh, little gig if you can get it. I think you're set. <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, again, that's, uh, I know envy is a bad thing, but. No, maybe, don't be envious. Set your goal. Yeah, right. Exactly. You shouldn't. It took me, it took me till I was in my forties before I got to travel and see the world. So don't be yeah, envious. Yeah. You now have an end goal. Put that, yeah. uh, put that manifestation out there that you want to travel. You want to see these things. You've got listeners all over. Start piecing things together and mm -hmm. and finding cool little locations that you can do events at and build up from there and it's you know it gives your listeners and followers an opportunity to come out and see things with you which they want to do they yeah. they like you guys they feel like there's a connection and this gives them a chance to get out and get off the couch as well oh amen you know and it's funny that you said that too because just this last year you know mike and i ourselves have started to go you know, on a smaller scale, we've been kind of yeah. traveling the country a little bit. We've been keeping you within like 10 hours. Within <laughs> 10 hours, of, within a 10 hour drive so far. Yeah, I know. You, you got to make sure that those ankle bracelets don't alert. <laughs> yeah, right? That's right. So, 
Yep. Yeah, Mike can only go so far. So yeah, that's right. Mm. <laughs> we made, you know, we chose a, a destination. I'm curious about your your um, thoughts on first um, the Sally House because that's where we made our first little <laughs> trek to, and then we have mm -hmm. upcoming plan the Velisca House. Um, and that's a, Mike. It's a, actually a little bit shorter of a drive to the Velisca House, I believe. But um, it, it is uh, only like an hour or so. But only like an hour yeah. or so. Now, our, oh, yeah, Velisca's in Iowa. So yes. For Minnesota and, and North Dakota, you guys can drop right down. Ohio, uh, or not, Ohio, Kansas, right, is where the correct, Sally Kansas, House is. Kansas, correct. Yep. Yeah, yep, so yep. you got to kind of jut around a little bit. I've yep. never been to either, and it's stupid because I'm probably an hour, hour and a half away from Velisca, and I'm buddies with Johnny Hauser, but I've never actually gotten out there. I've heard some crazy-ass EVPs and, and heard some amazing stories, but I've never gone. And same with Sally House. I've had a chance to talk to the couple that lived there on numerous occasions and had them on my shows and heard some of the terrifying things that took place. And, you know, Deb and Tony Pickman, and, and uh, I think that eventually took its toll on them as well. I don't believe they're together anymore. I think uh, all the years of that kind of eroded yeah. Uh, their relationship and that stress, but you know, the paranormal is a tough deal to be in. And if you don't take care of yourself shielding and know what you're doing, you know, it can, it can eventually eat you like a cancer. So, you know, I'm sorry to yeah. see that Deb and Tony didn't, didn't stay together, but um, I'm amazed they made it as long as they did with the type of yeah. negativity that was coming their way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mike, um, share a little bit your initial you know, feelings, but, you know, we can talk about very briefly about our experience at, at the Sally, Sally house. And, um, we were, you know, very excited to make the trek down there. I, we personally love making the long drives, you know, checking out parts of the country you don't normally get to see. Um, and you know, we did the overnight there, just Mike and I, um, and it's when we walked in there, Mike just immediately says like, don't you feel that? I mean, go ahead. Mike. It was, it was weird. A little bit. Yeah. It was, uh, just an odd energy feeling, you know, I, and I got like, I had a confusion almost feeling. Um, and I couldn't understand that. Uh, but it, uh, um, kind of when you see a hot grandma, uh, boy, well, that would go beyond. <laughs> it, I, I've been, I was a CNA for 12 years oh, okay. uh, in nursing homes and that, and for hospice. And I, I've seen a lot of grandmas, but, but, yeah, never. It's yeah. <laughs> but, you know, sorry, took you down a very weird rabbit hole. Yeah, let's reel it back to the Sally House. Yeah, I kind of stumbled through there. my response to that. <laughs> yeah, but I love your sense of humor. That's uh, that's Thank very you. good. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, just um, before I get back to Mike here, I do want to throw it out there, and Mike, interrupt me anytime you want. You you usually do. <laughs> um, Mike definitely has had a very very uh, paranormal life and that's no joke i mean he seems to have been experiencing the paranormal since he was a young kid and i wanted to ask you quickly dave if you think that some people are for whatever reason more apt to experience the paranormal and if so is there any reason behind that because some people who want to experience it you know a aka me you know and yeah. i get told that's right that in front of your the, face I've i don't heard the more highly intelligent you are the better the chances are you'll have it. Oh, you got me again there. You got to so, walk right uh, into that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, maybe, maybe it has to do with, uh, if, if you believe in reincarnation and the soul's journey, maybe the longer you've been here, the more you've incarnated. There you go. 
the more I like that, actually that's like the hell was that noise idea. well sorry got my windows open because it's 82 degrees in minnesota yeah. which is very rare it's it's more rare than a bigfoot sighting to see minnesota <laughs> at 82 but um uh i think maybe maybe the further along you are in your soul journey the more there is a chance that you um can experience these things or maybe it's just being in the right place at the right time or the more open you are and the more experiences you have mm -hmm. you know it, i think there's a level of if you're living in a place of desperation it's like dating right when you don't have someone special in your life you're lonely you want to meet somebody you can't it just everything seems to be against you the minute you find somebody the minute you've got peace and love and happiness others come out of the woodwork and they want to hook up and connect with you and be with you. Right. It's kind of like once you've the stink of desperation off of you, then suddenly the paranormal opens up to you and maybe trying too hard puts that out there. It's, you know, I've spoken to mediums that say, yeah, you're, you're not going to see your mom come through to you because your wall is still so high with grief that it's, it's making it really hard for them to come through. And so maybe there is some level of that bar romantics that if you smell too desperate, you know, you're not going to attract the, the people over to you that you want, and you're not going to attract the paranormal activity you want. Um, That's a good you know, I've been I've been to so many places with people that walk in with their crosses and their holy water and their little mini Bibles. And, and I think if I were a ghost, am I going to go talk to try to communicate with that knucklehead who seems terrified <laughs> or am I going to roll over to Mike? Who's like an open book and just wants to have this experience. And you say you want an experience, but you're kind of putting out the vibe that maybe you're not ready for your experience. Yeah. It could be Patrick. That's like, man. I, I feel like yeah. I need to lay down for this episode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, Welcome to the a, paranormal couch. Exactly. I'm Dave Schrader. <laughs> I think you'd be damn good at that. That's pretty good. I like that. Maybe, that was a maybe. You never know. You know, it's you know, it's all yeah. about having that open mind, and you know, I'm definitely down with that. And and you know, Mike and I've talked about this several times. It's uh, on a personal level, I'm not sure if I if I'm like just so desperate to experience it, or if I've just got like you said, like that like a wall of some sort that I might not even be aware of at this time. Are you technology uh, strapped? Are you the kind of guy that has to have every camera going and recorder and you're focused on the little screen in front of you? Cause uh, that's going to limit you. Absolutely. And then here's, here's the thing you got to think in dark situations, you've got your phone or your camera. You're looking at that light source six inches from your eyes. And then you hear something, you look up, and your eyes are trying to adjust to that deep inky blackness and you're missing what's going on. I, I tell people, shut down, turn off all your equipment. Let's just absorb the moment. Let's absorb the room. And Absolutely. I use a recorder with maybe a little pin light on it and a flashlight because I want to be in there. I want to hear it. And then what I tell people is like, if we're doing an EVP session, don't focus your attention here in the middle of the room. Everybody kind of look off in different directions because sometimes the spirits are walking around checking you out and you're so hyper-focused on this spot mm. right here. And if the ghost doesn't appear here, it didn't happen. Meanwhile, everybody's focused over there are seeing things. And door frames are a great place because you see things poke their heads in and out or walk past them. You see, you know, look for light, uh, things that have a very light, low light setting and kind of keep your eye on that area. And sometimes you'll see things walk past. So you, 
I get off the technology, which sounds weird coming from a guy on TV, but if you watch the Holzer files and watch oh, Ghost yeah. to Devil's Perch, I really only use my recorder. Um, and I try to stay in the moment. And even when I'm reviewing my audio, if you notice, when I play back the recording, I close my eyes to take away that distraction, right? It's if your eyes are open and you're listening and you're, you're kind of looking around the room, is anything weird happening? You might miss the response on the recorder. So I close my eyes, I shut down to that is the thing I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. And then I play it back in, in different, I'll hold it up to my ear. I'll hold it away from my ear. Because sometimes you're sitting there and you're like, and everybody around you is like, oh my God, what did that say? And you're like, dude, there's nothing there. And they're like, oh, there's something there. And you're listening. You're like, it's a foot away from me. How would you mean? There's nothing there. And then you pull the recorder away and, and it's not so close to your ear and distorting. And all of a sudden you hear the voice, mm-hmm. you know, you hear it a foot away, but you couldn't hear it right up against your ear. Sure. So there's just different variances. And then <coughs> and then you run into the, the concept of if you're expecting too much. I don't go in with any expectations. I go into the Palmer house knowing I've had experiences 90% of the time, but I could care less if I have an experience or not. I'm going to share with you, my viewers, my guests, my experiences, and just open up to possibilities and let's see what happens and sometimes i'm I'm so focused on trying to get the ghost of blah 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 to come through that i'm missing the other scenario right i was here ghost hunting with my kids at the palmer house and we were in lucy's room and lucy's not coming through lucy's not there and then my daughter leans over the spirit box and she goes raymond is that you yes Hmm. okay raymond are you mad that we're here yes well, if you want us to leave, just be clear. Tell us to get out. Get out. And that's all we heard through the spirit box. That was pretty clear. So, again, I'm so hyper-focused on Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. Maybe there's other spirits waiting to take their turn to talk, and if you don't engage them. So I always encourage people, you know, uh, are there any spirits here that would like to communicate? And sometimes right. if it's not working, I'll even say, is there a spirit attached to me, Patrick, or Mike that might like to come forward and help us bridge this chasm and help us communicate, whether it's our own spirit guides, our own ancestors, please come forward and help this. And sometimes that boost is what gets me communicating. Makes perfect sense. It -hmm. makes perfect sense. And, you know, it's listening to you. It's almost like you're a successful radio host or something. I mean, man, you sound good. (laughs) Um, Barely. You know, one thing I wanted to say, but, you know, that just immediately popped in my head the stuff that mike and i have captured and we we're very amateur investigators we have been for 15 plus years whatever the stuff that we have captured that is inexplainable unexplainable inexplicable does uh, correct me mike if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure i'm not on this one the stuff that we've captured just happens when it's just like mike and i are having a casual conversation yeah and then all of a, sudden a voice pops in like okay who the hell was that yeah you know when you play it on the on the playback and those there's one in particular, I'll spare you that, you know, the details, our listeners have heard us talk about this a million and the one times, but that has really set us down this, this path it is the most clear, most undeniable uh, EVP that we've ever heard, we've ever captured personally, and we're still scratching our heads to this day. And hence, that's why we're doing a paranormal podcast and talking with awesome guests like you, because we just love getting everyone's opinions and their thoughts and their theories. And mm-hmm. your point was great right there. I, it was, I mean... Don't it's a good way for us hard. to learn a lot, and, and we do. 
Yeah, sometimes, you know, I have this great team out of uh, Long Island in New York that I've talked to and been friends with for years. And uh, they were telling me, yeah, we got called to this house. And it was a really cool story, Dave. The, the grandfather passed away. That's not the cool part. But he was still kicking around. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they go, well, there was no doubt. This family, the grandfather had like a workshop in the attic. And at night, they'd hear footsteps and things being dragged on the floor and hammering, sawing. Like grandpa was still up there just doing his, his deal. And so we came and they were like, are we nuts? And then they heard the footsteps. So they were going up. So they went up, they investigated the whole house, ended in the attic, nothing. Flatline, they're getting nothing. And they're like, wow, that sucks. You know, we're not getting anything. And as soon as they stopped focusing on it, they're like, hey, dude, you, you excited about opening weekend with the Mets? Dude, who's ever excited about the Mets, right? And then they're kind of laughing and he goes, well, you know, man, when they were in the maze in Mets and... He goes, yeah, but what was that, 50 years ago? What was that, 57? No, I think it was 54. No, dude, it was later than that. It was like 57. No, I really think it was around 54. They play back this recording, and as they're debating this, the only response they get all night is you hear the old man go, oh, Jesus Christ, it was 64. <laughs> right? That's and awesome. I, don't, I don't remember what the actual years are. I'm just giving you kind of a, yeah. a uh -huh. version of it. But they go and they look it up, and that's the year they were the Mays and Mets, and this guy was a huge Mets fan. Wow. That's the only response they got. But they came back down, and they said, does this sound familiar? And the family burst out laughing. They're going, that's our grandpa. He loved the Mets. That's hilarious. <laughs> Thank wow. you for, for proving that that's who's up there. So it's it's kind of cool, right? So uh, absolutely. having those moments when you're not expecting it. We got... Um, we got this really crazy EVP. We were at the Queen Mary doing an investigation for the Holzer files. We were the first paranormal team ever to have the whole ship to ourselves. <laughs> this place has been an active hotel since 1967. The same year I was born is the year they docked that ship. It has been active every day since until COVID and shut <laughs> down. Yep. And we got access during COVID to go in and film. There was nobody on board except for two security guys and our film crew. That's it. The place was hungry. The spirits wanted to be heard and seen. We were having crazy experiences. And at one point, we get into this area in, in one of the, um, uh, gosh, now my mind's completely blank on the name of it, but we're in, in one of these banquet hall areas which during World War II was a makeshift hospital ward. We didn't know that at this point. And Cindy's picking up. She goes, There's, I'm picking up on this doctor. There's like this really bad, badass doctor. Not like good badass, but like a really bad guy. And I think he was experimenting on POWs or on, on people here. Well, at one time, there were POWs aboard, and it hit another car, or hit another car, hit another ship in the ocean, killing some of those POWs and they tried to bring some up to save them. So as we're kind of talking um, in there, not knowing this situation at this point, we start hearing banging and we're all, what the hell is that? And all of us, our production crew, everybody's in this room and everybody's like, what the flip was that? And you could hear, so I turned on my recorder. I'm like, okay, we can hear the banging on the walls. We're not even filming at this point. I think one of the guys lifted his camera up just nonchalantly. We're recording, and I go, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm asking a few questions. 
we play it back. I don't hear it. And again, I've got the, I've got the, the recorder up to my ear and Shane goes, dude, it responded. And I'm like, I didn't hear a thing. And he goes, yeah, listen. And I rewound it. And sure enough. Uh, you hear it say, um, like I killed those people or I killed them. That's what it said. Mm -hmm. I killed them. And I'm like, uh, Sydney's like, Whoa, there it is. But it's a real faint EVP. So I, I go, okay. I start another one. I go, who is this? You said you killed them. Did you like killing these people? Yes, I did. <laughs> that clear. And it's like bonkers, but we weren't filming really. Uh, we were like, oh my God, somebody say he caught it. And they're like, yeah, we kind of caught it, you know, but we've got the whole production team standing here. Who's going to believe it's real. So -hmm. they didn't end up using that aspect, um, or that EVP, but it was crazy. Just kind of being in the moment and talking, joking around another great moment on the queen Mary. I was with, um, I was with Grant Wilson from ghost hunters and we were going to go, they gave us carte blanche when I used to do the events there. I was the king of the queen, so I could go where I wanted, do what I wanted. And one of the first nights early before the big event started up, we would always come in a day or two early. Grant's like, dude, let's go check out the hull of the ship. Let's go. You know, I'm like, all right. So we go and we're, we're going through and he's got his recorder and he sticks it in his back pocket and we're climbing down this metal ladder and I'm below him. He's above me and he keeps going, huh? Making fart noises with his mouth. <laughs> I'm like, disgusting, I'm down here, and we're joking around, and we get down in the the, the area, and this is where the POWs were and everything. We're kind of just taking it all in, and we, you know, if we're talking, not doing anything, and all of a sudden, these, like, sparkles spark the air, and we both stopped, and I'm like, did you see that? He goes, yeah, those sparkles. I'm like, yeah. He goes, what was it? So we're like looking for flashlights. Is there dangling wires that are sparking? Or There's no wires. And then a few minutes oh. later, five feet in front of us, psh, these sparkles. It's like Tinkerbell waving her wand and psh, you see those wow. sparkles. We're like, what is that? We play the EVP or the recorder back that he had going the whole time. And he goes, dude, listen to this when we're going down the ladder. And you hear, you hear Grant go, huh? And he's still making the noise. And I'm starting to go, hey! So both of us are accounted for. Yep. And very clearly you hear this little child voice start going, <laughs> just starts giggling over the sound of us. And oh you know, gosh. this this place has got a couple of kids' spirits in there. So mm-hmm. you could hear him, you could hear me, and overlapping and over the top is somebody laughing at us. That's crazy. So yeah, being being there, um, Brandon Elvis from the new iteration of Ghost Hunters on A and E caught a really crazy piece of video when they were filming, and they weren't even filming filming. They just happened to have their camera, and they're walking past one of the little changing booths down by the first class pool, and they caught a, a dead figure in there. Uh, they even had doctors and and experts weigh in on it, and the footage is out there. Brandon talks about it, but they're like, yeah, the way the eyes reflect. The light, that's a corpse we're looking at as they pass by. So crazy activity. But again, they weren't trying to ghost on at that moment. They were just going down to get their bearings and their cameras going, and they happened to catch that that quick clip. That is absolutely amazing. I mean, it it all makes sense, you know, as... As some pseudo skeptics will laugh at that, though, oh, something makes sense in the paranormal. Yeah, what is a <laughs> what, what is you a know, pseudo skeptic? I've heard yeah. of skeptics. There's, <laughs> well, there's pseudo skeptic or believers. Yeah, pseudo skeptic is a term that uh, 
I don't want to say I coined because I didn't, but Mike and I, it's something that is just, it drives us up the wall. It's, 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 it's an individual who, well, what are your thoughts on an individual, Dave, who, how do I say this delicately? Basically, they don't give the paranormal one chance of being even a That's possibility a by. That's just a know, cynic. Yeah, kind uh, of a cynic, uh, but I mean, it goes a little deeper. There's not much deeper than being cynical. That's cynical true. is just you, Jesus Christ could walk in here during this deal and start handing you and me and, and Mike loaves and fishes. And yeah. somebody's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Michael Shermer's going to go, we're, yeah. we're having a mass solution this is a digital deal your eyes get fatigued watching the screen and at certain periods you're going to see these things i'm like but that doesn't explain how people around the world saw that moment when jesus walked in well obviously you set that up that was a man in a costume no as a matter of fact you watched him materialize through the wall and hand me fishes and uh, yeah you could do a lot of really remarkable special effects that's a cynic you're there's nothing yeah, you're, you're right. going to do to change your mind there's there's nothing beyond cynic we need more skeptics. I am a skeptic, a hardened skeptic, mm -hmm. but I'm mm -hmm. a believer. I call myself a skeptical believer. Cynics, they're always like, well, how do you address people that don't believe? I don't. It's not my job to make you a believer. Right. You will have your own experience and it will change your life. But there are even people, guys, that will approach me and they're like, hey, I got to tell you. I listen to your show because it's funny to me. Listen to all these morons that think they're running into Bigfoot and ghosts and fairies. <laughs> they're completely batch crazy. <laughs> right. The paranormal does not exist. They're just nuts. But with that said, when I was a kid, I was laying in bed one night, and uh, I heard something, and the closet door opened, and my grandmother floated through the room and vanished into the wall. And that used to be a bigger bedroom that was my grand. That was the entrance into my grandmother's room, and the wall is where the door used to be into her closet. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, what do you make of that? And I go, uh, it was a ghost of your grandmother. No, really. What do you think it was? Uh, you just what? You told That's me a skeptic. What it was. It's yeah. a cynic who just does not want to believe. But I will give. There are people like Ben Radford, who is a a skeptic on the edge of cynicism. There is uh, Dr. Michael Shermer from Skeptic Magazine, who is a skeptic, but God love him. He wants to believe. He tells you, I want to believe. Mm -hmm. He came forward when he got married and said, we had an old time radio that has not worked in 40 years. And on the day of our wedding, it turned on and started playing the song that was a favorite of my wife's father. Hmm. And then when it was, it, when the song ended, it went off. We haven't got it on again. I can't explain it. I can't tell you it's a ghost, mm -hmm. but I can't explain it. And I like that aspect. All right. You're not going to thumbtack it and say ghost, but you are going to say that's weird. And then you've got guys like Joe nickel that are just pricks that, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> yeah. We'll just say, no, that's not it. And there are no UFOs, really, because mm -hmm. astronauts, people are wrong. And when you're up in space and the moisture is different in your eyes and did it. So wait a minute. We're putting the best of the best in space with billions of dollars of hardware. And you're going to tell me they look out the window and they don't know that's their own capsule. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. Mm -hmm. They make mistakes all the time. No, that's not why we pay them to do that job. They don't mm -hmm. make those kind of mistakes. Mm -hmm. And 
Joe Nickel, and you know, people can attack me for this, and Joe Nickel can attack me, and he can also kiss my hairy white ass because <laughs> he's not somebody that you can have a conversation with. Right. I I have yeah. absolutely no respect for Joe Nickel. He's a prick. And mm -hmm. I will go on, and they're like, oh, Dave, that's not fair. Yeah, it is fair. I've talked to the guy. And here, Mike, start to tell me about a, a ghost story, and I'll, I'll be Joe Nickel. Okay, okay. What, what, uh, countdown. Mike, you're, you're you, and Dave, you're Joe Nickel. Go, Mike. Right. Okay, well, uh, my first ghost that I saw was a young girl. That well, first of all, don't call it a ghost because you don't right. know it's a ghost. I know it wasn't a human. <laughs> wasn't alive. I it think was it wasn't a human, but yep. you don't know. You can't be certain. Yep. But and you, it damn well wasn't a ghost. I can guarantee you that. And then that's but, as far but as you Dave, can go with Dave, that he also, Mike, also, Mike also saw an un unidentified flying object, though, and he swears he saw it with his own... Well, sure. Like, anything I, that you can't identify is an unidentified right. flying object, but it's not an alien craft. Okay, well, how about oh, me? I'm sorry. Go Joe. on, Mike. Your ghost. Your ghost, Mike. Go on. Tell me <laughs> Tell me the rest of your ghost story. Uh, well, let's see. She... Uh, was oh, she, it was a she. Floating. So you could see, could you see her boobs, Mike? Is that how you know it was a she? No, she was like a 10, 11 years old. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Long braided ponytail. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. Her eyes were closed. She had a little smile on her and face. Are you a drinker? Are you Ooh, a smoker? I was like, I was are you a midnight probably, toker? Are you sure? 12 years because old at the time myself. About. Oh, you were 12 years old. Yeah, so I was just so, a kid and probably just my imagination. Probably. Mike, what did you eat last Thursday for lunch? Yeah, I was. that was the, the liverwurst and sardines on a... Mm, yeah, yeah, sure it was. wheat. <laughs> yeah, and if that's what you ate as a child, that's probably why you saw yep. what you saw. And that's having a conversation. And, and they, have, they have an answer for it's everything. It's an answer for everything, yeah. and you're 12 years old. You can't tell me that you remember that detailed and that clear you're wrong well don't tell me i'm wrong you're not there and you're not me you didn't have that experience are we fallible yes dr michael Shermer shows a perfect example of this he goes watch watch this video behind me and i want you to see there's a team in red and a team in white i want you to tell me how many times the team in red bounces the basketball between them Okay, go. And he shows the video, and everybody's watching and watching and watching. And he gets on with the video, and he goes, okay, uh, Patrick, how many times did the team in red bounce the ball? Clearly seven times. Okay. Um, Mike, how many times did you see the team in red bounce the ball? 230. Okay. Um, interesting, right? Because that's a pretty big discrepancy. Did you guys notice anything else strange about the video? Nothing that popped out to me. I mean, it seemed right. like an average. Let's watch that again. Video. And he starts it up, and he goes, now don't focus on any team. And you watch the team in red comes out, the team in white comes out, and the team in red starts bouncing the ball, and a guy in a gorilla costume walks in between them and stands there <laughs> and then walks out of frame. But you're so concentrated on the ball, you missed a gorilla walk into frame. <laughs> and then you're like, well, you're just showing me the next video, which is a recreation. And people in the audience are like, no, I saw the gorilla. So... Damn. It's where your focus is. So to me, that's a great representation. That's not talking down to me. That's not saying, no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong, Mike. That's not what you saw. You didn't see that. What it is, is, is Dr. Michael Shermer saying, this is how I can show you the brain is fallible and memories uh -huh. can be dodgy at best. And okay, that's a respectful way to show me, right? right. Um, so, so that's... Having a conversation with Joe Nickel was like talking to, uh, uh, you know, 
a smart device that's not listening to your voice and you keep addressing it by the wrong name. It just is. You're telling it Charlemagne shut down Charlemagne Charlemagne shut down and Charlemagne just keeps, keeps yeah. yammering at you. Um, when its name is Ziggy. Right. And, and so that's it. That's why people are gonna be like, Oh, you have no respect. I don't. I've talked to Ben Radford who is, and I won't say minion. Cause that sounds like an idiot underling. Uh, but he is a, a, a collaborator with both gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And he is, I think a great mix of both gentlemen. And I like mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Shermer a lot and we disagree a lot, but he does it with respect. And I appreciate that. And Ben Radford, a little bit more on the mm, no, no, but he'll tell you, I want to believe Dave. I want to see this. I want to see this happen. Take mm -hmm. me. Something I, tells you, me. Now I know yeah. you said you were going to go out to dinner later. I, I I'm assuming mm -hmm. you're not going out to dinner with Joe Nickel. No, no. Okay, I just want no, to make that I even, clear. I will tell you, I had dinner with the amazing Randy oh, oh. at Dragon Con <laughs> back in 2006 or seven. Oh, one of Mike's and first favorites. Of all, he is a pocket. He is a pocket gnome. He is. He was really like four foot nothing. Yeah. And had the long white, he looked like a garden gnome <laughs> hanging out there. And I'm not beating up on him. It's just like, right. he is so underwhelming when you meet him. I was expecting this kind of voracious, ter terrifying little man and <laughs> hyper-intelligent, very smart. Mm -hmm. And he is smarter than the average bear. And he knows how things work. Um, but I also think there was some P.T. Barnum to him that he knew there mm. was money to be made batting heads with, with people who have had experiences and challenging. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's bad to challenge the paradigm. I just do it in a much more respectful way. And I've joked with people that have told me that. And I might say to you, Mike, okay, wait, were you drinking that night? Right. No, Dave, I, I don't drink. Well, do you, do you smoke? Maybe a little, uh, no, <laughs> I, I don't, but I appreciate you asking. And that's as far as I take it. I don't, well, I'm, yeah. you were probably higher stoned. Did you know that even, Lack of sleep and too much caffeine can cause hallucinatory effect. And you can read that. That's science. That's not me telling you that, Mike. Yeah. That's the truth. And that's the truth. So you're wasting people's time selling your snake oil nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Right. So it's kind of like that. That's the way it works out. But I, you know, I have a lot of respect and I like Ben Radford. It's been a long time since I've had him on the show. I should have him back on. And I like Dr. Michael Shermer and I promoted skeptic magazine and, and him. And I believe they're both great guys to talk to. I, but I also realize I don't have time. Uh, but, but so you're not going to use, my, down, you're not going to use my phrase pseudo skeptic in your magazine anytime soon. No, no. <laughs> hey, I don't have Even a, if I uh, submit it, if I, if I, because if pseudo I means pseudo means a fake skeptic. Right. They're not right. fake skeptics. They're real skeptics. That's true. Um, but they're, oh, yeah. they're, yeah. I, I look at it in a weird way, I guess. Cynical but... nature. Yeah, I mean, it's mm -hmm. okay to look at things and not have a grasp of the English language, Pat. <laughs> hey, <no. laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that was my Joe Nickel coming out. Um, exactly. But yeah. I got to meet the amazing Randy. I had lunch with him. He was a lot softer on things than he appeared to be. And mm. uh, he certainly was a skeptic. And he had a lot of cynicism to him because he'd seen a lot of people get taken. And he'd, he'd, but he proved to me, he goes, Dave, I proved. Without a shadow of a doubt, Peter Popoff was a fake. I proved mm. it. Peter Popoff was a famous... Um, you can look at him and say, that's a fake. <laughs> I well, think. You know what? Opinion. That's not fair because there are people I look at that I think, 
you're an idiot. And actually you have a genius IQ, True. right? True. So we can't judge a book by its cover. So I'll give him that. But he took it a step further. Peter Popov was a healer. He was, he was a religious right. healer, healing in the name of Christ and making millions of money through donations. And Randy went and tuned in and people filled out little cards about why they were there. And they got the cards and they read, oh, well, take, take Patrick over and set him in seat seven, row two. And set Mike over in, in row, you know, uh, nine over on the other side so that that way Popov is jumping around the audience. And then he had an earbud in and they actually found the audio frequency of the radio signal that the wife was backstage saying, okay, Mike in row two left section is wearing the newsy cap. He is here because he has lower back pain and intestinal discomfort. And Peter Popoff's like, ah, the Lord is pulling me to this section. And there is a man whose back feels burdened, whose stomach and interiors are constantly. And I feel it's this man with the hat. Does this make sense to you? What is your name? I'm Mike. Mike, come up and let the Lord heal you. And he, he could play back the recordings. He proved this guy was a fake. And Peter Popov did not get stopped. He continued to do it and, and may still be doing it today. I don't even I've know if he's seen, alive. But I've, I've seen him you know, flipping channels if it's live yeah. or not. I don't know. But. And, and he says, Dave, you could lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink the truth. And But I have a lot of fun doing what I do and showing the charlatans and making people question their beliefs because I think that's fun. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And Randy was a showman. Right. But I had Randy on my show in the beginning and there was a gentleman by the name of Lou Gentili, who was a very good EVP, uh, recorder. He could get EVP in a lot of places. And I stood next to him watching him and do it. And there was the million dollar challenge and Randy, Mm -hmm. Randy was also good at the three card Monty and he'd tell you, Oh yeah, million dollar challenge. And he goes, okay, so come with me to this haunted location. I'm going to get a, well, no, that's not how you do it. You're going to come in my lab. And you're going to do it this way. And all of a sudden it starts looking at, but your lab's not haunted. But if you could talk to ghosts, it shouldn't matter where you are. Well, it does because this place is haunted, right? So he wanted to do it in a lab setting. He wanted specific things. And, and I did see a few of the contracts and there was always shuffling being made about what the parameters really were. And if you were able to beat those parameters, they changed another aspect of it. That money was never meant to be given out, in my humble opinion. Um, but it, it caused a dialogue. So, you know, Randy has passed over. Maybe the joke's on him, right? Maybe yeah. maybe here lies Randy, all dressed up and nowhere to go, right? That's the thing. I know, I mean, it's kind of sad. That's like the only thing that would actually make him a believer would be, I guess, death itself, you know, death yep. and physical, physical existence. Now, I know we have to go, Dave. Um, this is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, put on your Joe Nickel cap really brief, briefly again. Sure. Mike and I at the Sally House when we were there, and it could be anything. But again, one of those casual conversations, the two, two things that we captured, or a couple things we captured was when we weren't trying, you know, at the Sally House yet again. Got a crazy EVP, but also when we were there, Mike, we're kind of taking a break. That silly little music box decided to start playing on its own. That wasn't running the whole day. wasn't running any other time. And stuff. doesn't matter to Joe Nickel. Because at night, it was because at night, 
when it's getting cooler and things are contracting, the, the crank might let go a little bit because it's it's contracting at night and now it, it, the metal's swelling and it's releasing the pin and bing, 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 bing. And that's all you're going to get. And the EVP, do you know the specs of that recorder? Are you sure that it's not shielded properly for getting stray radio frequency or CB radio or police radio scanners? So that's what you probably got. And, uh, but, but you know what? This recording says Joe Nichols a prick. <laughs> right. And how do I know that Dave Schrader's not out in the car with a, a walkie talkie and you guys have figured out which frequency works best, which walkie talkie is going to work. And he's out in the car saying Joe Nichols a prick and you got it on recording. So there's, there's no, you know, I can't tell you what, what it is. I tell people <laughs> my one pet peeve is when you send me a picture mm-hmm. of a ghost and oh, you're like, sure. can you tell me if this is a ghost? And I go, I absolutely cannot, but look yeah. at it. There's a ghostly figure. There's something that appears to be a ghostly figure. So I'm sure I come off as the Joe Nickel to many believers. And But I say, what you've done is you've given me a 2,000-piece puzzle that's all broken apart and upside down, and you take one piece and you hand it to me and you go, what is this picture? Mm-hmm. That's a I great don't know. Way without, uh, because I don't know what's behind me, what's on the sides of me. I don't know if there's a, refla- a refraction of light coming through that's hitting the wooden staircase it's such a way that it's creating the 3d illusion of a woman standing there when it's really just a light anomaly, but the camera angle, the light angle gives it a 3d perspective that makes it look like something standing. So I would have to be there at that time of day to look at those stairs, look at those stairs through that same camera lens to see if I'm able to tell you what it is. But my thought is it's an interesting picture. I see why you would believe that's paranormal, but I can't, I can't weigh in on it. But Dave, what about this ring video footage? There's something dancing in my front yard. Well, let's look at it. Sure enough, you see the yard and all of a sudden this wispy thing starts dancing around in the front yard. And I go, okay, now go out to your ring camera. And I want you to see if there's any cobwebs hanging around your front door. Well, yeah, there's some, but that's not what it is. Sure it is. It's a cobweb (laughs) hanging down, blowing and as it moves past, but it looks like it's right there. Right? That's because it's right up against the lens. Well, what about this? Looks like something's shadowy figures walking across my property. Well, what it is, is it's a spider walking across the lens of the ring camera, and the ring camera can't focus on something that close up. So what it's doing is it's a shadow of the spider walking across the lens. No, it's not. Okay. Then go put a plastic box over the camera. And see if that same anomaly continues to happen. If you've got a clear plexiglass box over it, now it's out far enough so spider is going to be seen crawling on the plexiglass. Right? So I do tell people that there are ways to examine it. And I always encourage people, look at bad evidence so that you know what it looks like when you're reviewing somebody's evidence. And then, again, I can't tell you 100% that that is not grandma's spirit, but it's probably dust, probably a bug, maybe moisture. That could be what's going on. Well, it's not. There were no bugs, but you're outside. Yeah, I would have seen them. <laughs> I like you know. I think I saw you share or respond to someone's clip on Twitter the other day, and I think, well, I think your house is haunted by dust bunnies. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because and that's like what it looks like. Something come footage. blowing past, yeah. and it just looks like a dust bunny blowing, and they didn't like that answer, and most right. people don't. But again, I can't tell you because I can't stop it. I can't freeze frame it. I can't clear the video to get a better look at it. 
but I can tell you, I've seen that same anomaly take place at a thousand other places. Right. And when I go there, it's dusty as hell. Well, my house is clean. That's not dust. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this has been so such an honor talking with Joe Nickel. Um, next, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking with Mr. <laughs> Dave Schrader. Uh, Dave, this has been a blast. Um, man, I didn't even have to bother looking at my professional notes because I. Sorry. As I well, you know, I've got ten minutes left. If you have any other quick questions or oh, anything man. you want me to actually answer, I won't go on a tirade. About no, that's. Mike, I, I think Mike, we're good. you didn't get a chance to ask me questions last time. Is there anything I, you want to know? You know, I. You covered everything so good, and uh, um, <laughs> I was fixated, and everything was great. I am going, in all sincerity, I am going to send you a thesis paper on why pseudo skeptic is a legit word, and then you, can, you and I can go back and forth on that one. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to send you one on why banana hammock is a real hey, word. Hey, hey, but, hey! But yeah. it's not an existing thing. It's slang. <laughs> it's misrepresentation of two different words. Tied together, yeah, but pseudo. Funny. No, you know, pseudoscience is what the paranormal is. It is sure. Uh, it is not a real science, but people accept it as such because we say we use a scientific approach. Um, but that's not what science is. You you have to examine it many different ways mm -hmm. in a in a setting that you're controlling. The only problem is if you control an environment too much, you then remove what may be causing. The haunting. That's why when I go into a place, if grandma's ghost is seen at 3 p.m., I'm not going to come in at 10 o'clock at night and hunt the house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to set up at 10 a.m. and I'm going to sit there and watch my monitors. And when 11, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. comes by, I'm going to be watching every monitor and, and trying to communicate with grandma's ghost because that's when she's seen. And if the windows are open when she's seen, I'm going to leave them open. So that I can see if a car passing by catches a reflection in the window, catching a reflection on the clock face, causing that light anomaly to pass through to look like somebody's walking. I want it to be exactly as it is. You can't take that out and replicate it in a scientific location. You've got to be at the location so you can look at it scientifically, examine what could be going on, and then deliver a hypothesis and a theory. Dave, again, we can't thank you enough, sir. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, pleasure. Again, reminder, list, reminder, listeners, where they can uh, contact you, where they can find you, and look at all your upcoming events and all you know, all future Dave Schrader plans. First of all, go check out Skeptical Inquirer and Skeptical Magazine. Anybody that's into this field should educate them on both sides. I firmly believe that. Amen. Uh, so, Skeptical Inquirer, Skeptical Magazine, Skeptic Magazine. Um, you can find me Mondays and Fridays on my uh, YouTube channel, The Paranormal 60, if you want to watch a video presentation of the show. For those of you that like to just take the audio with you, the audio is available the next day, and it's available on every uh, platform basically out there. So you can find The Paranormal 60 audio podcast available. Uh, and just to keep up with everything I do, just go to paranormal60.com paranormal60.com, and you can listen to the podcasts. On the front page, there's a, a, a plug-in player that's right there, or you can find where you can listen to it, how you can listen to it, and everything. So that's the best way to do it. And you can also find the events I'm going to be a part of. But, guys, thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, we can't thank you enough. Um, before I let you go, could you give us mm -hmm. a shameless plug, Dave? Could you sure. say, you know, hi, I'm Dave, wherever, however you want to describe yourself. Don't say Joe Nickel. Um, <laughs> and say you're listening to the Paranomaly Zone.
Hey everybody, this is Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files and Ghosts of Devil's Perch, and you're listening to the Pseudo Paranomaly Zone. <laughs> is that is that better? That's is better. That, That's awesome. That works right. for me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the... Hey everybody, it's me, Dave Schrader from the Paranormal 60, Ghosts of Devil's Perch, and the Holzer Files. And for some reason, you're tuned in to the Paranomaly Zone. Oh man, that's the best one. That's great. Is that all right? <laughs> thank you, sir. That was so much fun. We can't thank you, you enough, it. Dave. That was awesome. You got it. I, all yeah, right. Well, good, good talking to you again. Have a good dinner with your wife, sir. Thank you. <laughs>